Well, it's not such an optimistic picture today. You knew it wouldn't last, didn't you? Production is slowing in China and other parts of the world as well. Canada's GDP was a lot lower than expected. Confidence is sliding in the US and prices are rising, with Europe's CPI likely to be a concern for the ECB ahead of their meeting next week. So there's a bit happening and it's the first of the month, the first of September. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, up and down session, really, for the US dollar, or more accurately, down then up. It fell 0.3%, but then regained all of that to finish off where, pretty much where it was this time yesterday. Against that, the Aussie dollar has found some strength, up a quarter percent over that 73 cent mark now. The Kiwi dollar is up 0.8%, and those really are the only big movers in the major currencies. US stocks have lost their spark. All three indices are down a little, but not by more than 0.1%. We've also got small falls in Europe as well. And oil down. WTI is down 0.7%. Brent lost 0.4%, a bit more than that early on in the session. And bond yields are on the rise, a three basis point gain in 10-year treasuries to 1.31%. German bond yields are up six basis points. In the UK, 10-year gilts have risen 14 basis points. So lots of colour and movement this morning. And here's Ray Attrell from NAB in Sydney to talk us through it all. First of all, Ray, uh, let's look at uh, PMIs for China, because that's probably the biggest story this morning uh, from yesterday. 47.3 for services. So purchasing managers believe output is actually falling because it's below 50. This is not something that happens often, is it? And you would have thought something like that would be a warning for Australia and New Zealand. And yet here we are, rises in both the Aussie and the Kiwi dollars this morning. Yeah, that for me was one of the big takeaways from yesterday. Um, the PMI numbers, um, particularly on the service side, were, were a lot weaker than expected and slipped fairly deeply into contractionary territory. Manufacturing eased up at about a tenth uh, more than expected, but is holding the 50 expansion contraction line. Um, and we can sort of readily dismiss it, I guess, in terms of you know the impact of, of, of lockdowns and what that's done in terms, particularly in terms of mobility um, in China. Um, so I suspect the survey hasn't really picked up the fact that things have improved in the last week or so. Um, you know, that said, things like the new orders component of both manufacturing and services were weak. Um, so on any other day, you would have expected to say, well, I would have thought the Aussie dollar and to a lesser extent, the New Zealand dollar would have been the weakest currencies on the day. And in fact, they were both the strongest currencies. So I think that's quite telling, um, to my mind at least, in terms of you know just how much pessimism and bad news might now be priced into these currencies. So um, certainly plays to our view that you know the Aussie dollar in particular may be forming something of a of a base here. Uh, and obviously, we have to see that in the context of the US dollar, which uh, even before Jay Powell spoke last Friday, had been on a, a downward track for uh, for all of last week. Um, and just on overnight moves, incidentally, the, the, the gains that we saw, particularly in the Aussie, haven't been fully maintained, but it was month end um, in London, London back for the first, uh, obviously missed out on, um, on Monday. So their first day back, we often see at the end of the month, flows particularly from um, from superannuation funds down here and other sort of pension fund investors rebalancing their hedges on their international asset exposures and it looked as though that was quite dollar supportive during the london afternoon and i think that is the main reason that we reverse some of the trends, at least, that we saw during uh, Asia Day. Um, and the it Kiwi, doesn't interrupt our view. And so the Kiwi dollar as well, I mean, that's uh, that, that's the same story. A, a month-end adjustment for them as well. We would think so, yes. I mean, it was strange. New Zealand dollar actually you know, shot up over half a cent inexplicably yesterday morning. I haven't yet seen 
an adequate explanation. The words fat fingers usually spring to mind when nobody can ex- can explain a move. But uh, but by and large, the uh, the New Zealand dollar held the gains and certainly the, the best performing currency at the end of August. So this is quite a significant slowdown in China, isn't it? Because it wasn't just services getting down to 47.3. Manufacturing PMI was only just over 50 at 50.1. So uh, and I was looking at uh, pollution numbers uh, in Beijing, as you do, uh, at uh, a website called aqicn.org. Uh, and the PM 2.5, the fine particle meter reading for Beijing, for example, I think this is from the uh, uh, from the British Embassy there, had six days in uh, July 2019 with a read over 150. The same month last year, it was five days. July this year, no dates with reading that high. So uh, the air is a lot cleaner, uh, which might suggest they're producing a lot less. And and yet earlier this year in March, uh, pollution was one of the worst months for Beijing in years when they were, I guess, trying to boost everything back up again. So it really has stalled if you're looking at those numbers. Well, it could be, although presumably you've adjusted all these numbers for the efforts that China has made in terms of sort of pollution controls, particularly in the steel industry, for example. Um, so yeah, well, this you, is month to month, month to month. They're going to have to remove very, quick, very quickly. But yeah, I take your point. It might actually just be getting better. Sure. But that, that said, we do know that, um, you know, there have been something like 40% of the Chinese population has been subject to a one form of mm. uh, social distancing uh, or another. And, and Clearly, that would have had a, a pretty big impact on, on travel and the consumption of, of energy as a result. So um, not yeah. disputing that, but um, as I say, just need to take mm. the numbers with a slight pinch of, of, of structural uh, structural salt. And uh, yeah. hopefully that's a very good thing. Hopefully. <laughs> now, look, there is less optimism around today, though, isn't there? We can, we can be certain on that. And I think that is because we are seeing slower production, not just in China. Look at Canada's GDP. That was a lot lower than expected. It was expected to rise 2.5% in Q2 annualised, but it actually fell 1.1%, which presents an interesting quandary for the uh, for the Bank of Canada, which was all set to taper its QE programme in its next meeting. And then we've got rising prices as well. Inflation. We thought, you know, it had been put to bed, or at least it had been contained, uh, and that's certainly playing into this, uh, this shift in direction for market sentiment, because all of a sudden, the CPI reading for Europe yesterday Day, much higher than expected. No, absolutely. It's a headline uh, CPI, 3%. At, um, and I've been around the block longer than you have, Phil, and I can't remember the last time I saw uh, inflation in the Eurozone printing 3%. Um, more importantly, perhaps the core numbers ticked up from 07 uh, to 1.6. That was about a tenth higher than expected. And um, and we've had a couple of uh, ECB officials, Holtzman and Knott, yeah. um, both out suggesting that uh, the ECB might not need to utilise what they call the full envelope of their uh, pandemic um, emergency purchase programme, which, um, um, to his credit, Gavin has been banging on about um, for some time now, suggesting that uh, it would be likely that they would be scaling back the pace of purchases and might not use them up. So, um, so music to his ears, uh, and hats off to him. Um, but the impact of that on bund yields was, was pretty noticeable, wasn't it? So 10-year mm. bunds up 5.6. And although US Treasury yields have been have been falling since um, Jay Powell's speech on Friday, I think it's a case of the tail wagging the dog. And that's why those 10-year Treasury yields are up 2.2 basis points, even though we've had more uh, signs of, of, of loss of momentum in the US economy with that conference board consumer confidence reading confirming the message from the University of Michigan one last week with a much bigger than expected fall to what 113.8 from a downward revised 125.1 the previous month. So what about UK gilts then? Why are they up so much? You know, they're not part of Europe. Uh, 0.71% now. It's the highest they've been since the end of June. But, uh, well, I haven't seen any um, any any 
um, data that would be responsible for that at least. So, um, you know, often when we see a, a big move in yields, you know, in other parts of the world, then often it does follow through. So um, I must admit, I haven't done my homework on that one yet, Phil, so I haven't got an exact explanation for our listeners. Forgive me. I bet you're glad I asked about that one. Uh, all right. So, look, we've got important numbers from the US today, haven't we? The ISM Manufacturing Index and the ADP Employment Numbers, for those who can't wait for non-farm payrolls on Friday, I mean, they're the two big numbers, aren't they? You know, what's production like and uh, how many people have got jobs? That's right, yes. We'll also get some final uh, market um, PMI numbers for across Europe and the US, which will be uh, worth a glance at least. But as you say, yes, that uh, ISM manufacturing index always plays second fiddle in the sense that it comes in a week where we have non-farm payrolls at the end of the week, as we do on Friday. But um, I think there'll be particularly keen interest in that. It is expected to ease back a little bit, 58.5 from 595 in July, but let's remember these are still in absolute terms are, are very, very strong levels and, and, and in no sense suggesting that um, the US economy is falling off a cliff. The question really is the sort of veracity of the of the consumer at the moment and how much the rise in um, infections is actually dampening down you know, consumers' ability or willingness to uh, to get out and spend. And that's, I certainly think that has been a big part of the story behind this fall off in consumer confidence. Um, and ADP, um, as we always caveat, never a reliable guide to uh, mm. the following uh, two days payrolls numbers. But um, you know, with the market looking for uh, payrolls, I think at 750k is the current consensus for Friday. If we get a big uh, miss one way or the other on ADP, it does condition expectations, and the and the consensus view I've seen there is 625,000. That's for private payrolls, and you add on a bit for for what the public sector might have done to get you that. 750k overall forecast. Now, uh, the big number locally, of course, today is the GDP for Q2. We had a lot of Aussie data yesterday, a record balance of trade helped by export prices, government consumption of public spending both up. Uh, so uh, on on the GDP number, uh, given the numbers we got yesterday, NAB's still sticking with the, with the forecast of 0.1% growth. So just squeezing past a recession. Well, let's see what the numbers show. I think the consensus is a little bit stronger. I think it's, it's probably closer to half percent but it, it does seem to be a line ball call as mm. they say in terms of you know whether it will be negative and you know whether it's slightly negative or positive is 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 really academic but psychologically at least and from the government's point of view it will be unwelcome because obviously it confirms that there will have been a technical recession over Q2 and Q3, given that we know Q3 is going to be a very, very big negative numbers. But yes, with um, all the the partials that we've had over the last three or four days, um, I'm fond of saying this to our economists, they run from pillar to post when uh, each number comes out and usually end up with the number they first thought of. And that's exactly what's happened here because we've had some sort of stronger than expected um, numbers on uh, on a couple of the uh, a couple of numbers. Public, actually, the public sector um, was one of the ones that um, is going add a little bit more than that we had penciled in but um, net export doing what we thought but um, also things like inventories and capex look they'll be on the weak side of our forecast so we net them all out and end up at the 0.1 that we that we first started with so um, anyway it's, it's very very backward looking so in the scheme of things it, it's meaningless but um, clearly going to rate a bit of attention at 11.30 this morning yeah. for sure. And building approvals just very quickly as well were down in July after I guess the unwinding of home builder 
uh, will have had a big chunk in that, but also a lockdown, of course. People's people's focus might be elsewhere right now. Well, no, absolutely. So this, I think, is the fourth month of decline that we've had and, and very much ties in with uh, the winding down of uh, of Home Builder. So we're not uh, we're not drawing too many uh, too many conclusions from that just at the minute. And let's finish where we started today. Then we started talking about uh, PMIs for, for China. We had the official ones. What about the Kaijing ones, uh, which we're going to get later today? Are they going to echo that drop in sentiment? Well, the expectation is that they will. We're only going to get the manufacturing one today where the uh, before we had the official ones yesterday the uh, the consensus was that that would dip from 50.3 to 50.2 given that the uh, the official one fell by what 0.3 of a percentage point mm. i'd imagine the whisper number is um that it might be a slightly bigger fall and um psychologically i guess for the market and whether or not it holds above the 50 will have been some importance so um yes that will certainly rate a mention this morning and and where does the aussie dollar go in all of this then are we uh it, after you know a fairly big move today is it going to settle down for the rest of the week well our view certainly is that the, the pullback that we've seen from uh, you know barely above 71 cents um at the end of the week before last so we had a high actually of 73.40 overnight before those uh, month-end flows seem to uh, to give it a little bit of a kick down um, um, you know, to our mind, we've seen enough to suggest that the Aussie at least is forming a base here. Um, the flip side of which is that the dollar now looks to be you know, sort of running out of breath on the upside. So, um, you know, our view is still that uh, from here on, uh, we should expect to see some further gains. That's certainly what our, uh, our forecasts are uh, consistent with. Well, glad to hear it. Well, that's it for now. Uh, good to have you back on again, Ray, and uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thank you. Well done. Thanks, Phil. And we're back again tomorrow morning, of course. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Have a great day. Day.